Hello and welcome to Fat Love Talk. I'm your host, Zach, and this week we got a packed show for you today. We're going to talk about so much gaming news, review news, Nintendo Switch coverage. Okay, let's break it down. We're going to talk about the Black Ops 4 Blackout Mode review. Uh, I played a little bit. I gave my two cents. I live streamed it over at Alpha Phenomenon Gaming if you want to look at that video. I'm going to give you a Spider-Man update. The campaign review, I haven't 100% the game as of yet. I'll give you a 100% review hopefully next week. Photo mode, I'm going to talk a little bit about how it's changed. Video games forever. I have my review. It's out. I finished Jack Ryan. It's the Amazon exclusive Prime show. It's really, really good. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about Black Ops 4 and Battlefield 5 after playing both those betas and my opinion on that. Carrie Underwood dropped a new album. It's called Cry Pretty. I'm going to give you my review. I've listened to the whole album front to back. Tori Kelly dropped a new album as well. I have not finished the full album, so I'm going to give you a review in progress. I'm going to re-listen to Kamikaze this week, and I'm going to watch the interview that came out between Eminem and Sway, and I'm going to give you a review next week, but I want to let you know that that has come out. If you want to watch it, the views, the videos are on YouTube. Go check it. It's like a four-part interview. I've been meaning to watch it, but this week has been just crazy busy for me. And then the Nintendo Direct that was supposed to be last week got rescheduled for the 14th. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, break it down, give you my thoughts. And of course, what would Fat Love Talk be without a ramble? And this week, I'm going to give you a YouTube copyright strike ramble and the background behind why I'm doing that. Without further ado, this is a packed show. Strap in. If you listen to this on the Anchor app, you can, of course, go by segment. If you're on any other podcast listening platform, you're going to have to listen to the full thing front to finish without that luxury. But I do implore you, please go ahead and download the Anchor app to listen to my podcast in its best form because I leave music in between some segments that is exclusive for my Anchor listeners. I'm not sure why they do that and why they won't let all platforms play the music that I add, but it is a luxury if you just download the app on your phone or listen to it on your desktop from the Anchor uh, playlist. Of course, if you're on a mobile platform, just look for Fat Love Talk on the app. If you have a computer, you're looking it up online, it's anchor.fm slash fatlove dash talk. Without further ado, let's jump into this. I'm excited, excited, excited about this week's episode. So we have a lot to break down in this episode. So let's go ahead and start off with the Amazon Prime original, Jack Ryan. All right, John Krasinski did a fabulous job. All right, he went from The Office playing Jim. He, he directed A Quiet Place. He's done a couple of other things, of course, in that time frame, but... Those are the two big things he's known for right now. And then he's playing Jack Ryan on this Amazon Prime show. And he did a fabulous, fabulous job. And it's funny because he did a Colbert skit where Colbert was like, funny guys like you don't just break into action, you know? It's not like you're Bruce Willis and you can just do action movies. No, no, no. Here's my two cents. I think that John Krasinski is a lot like Terry Crews in the sense that he can be a funny dude. Super funny. But... He can also play a diverse role because he's an actor, like an action movie or a drama or something along those lines. And my God, does he have a body for it? He looked really good. Um, he's been hitting the gym a lot more than me. <laughs> but I really, honest to God, enjoyed it. Eight episodes, about 45, 50-minute episodes. I really enjoyed it. The only thing I found a little weak was the plot that they put in there for romance. Uh, I found that to be a little lackluster. I wish they would have added more to that. Maybe they're building up for season two. Because there has been confirmed that there is a season two coming out for Jack Ryan. So maybe that's what they're doing, is building some sort of plot that's going to lead off and left kind of open-ended at the end of season one for that purpose. Whatever that may be, I'm just excited to see more. Um, there were a couple of dry episodes in the middle, I will admit that much. Um, just because um, when they did a lot of the uh, terrorist stuff with the main... Uh, other actor whose name escapes me. I looked it up right before this too, and I don't even, I'm terrible at remembering things, but um, fabulous job for all the actors in the show. Very great job. And I, I really think that this is one that you should not skip over. If you have Amazon Prime 
and you're not using the videos that you can watch for free, the movies you can watch for free, just go over, check out uh, Jack Ryan. It's free if you have Prime. Eight episodes. I highly recommend it. I'm going to go ahead and give this one, I'd say, an 8.5 out of 10 for season one. Um, I will, of course, watch season two when it releases, probably 2019 at some point. That's a spitball estimation. And I'll give you a season two review at that time. But season one was pretty good. I actually really did enjoy myself watching it. Um, let's go ahead and transition over to Carrie Underwood's new album, uh, Cry Pretty. Is her new album just came out this last Friday. Um, I only knew about it because I was scrolling through Spotify looking for new music. And I saw Carrie Underwood and I'm like, yo, Carrie Underwood. Like, her vocals are dope. Let's go ahead and check out her page. I look at 2018, I Google, when did this album come out? It said August 14th. I'm like, yo, this is a new album. So I don't obviously follow Carrie Underwood on social media. I probably should if I like her music. Um, I don't follow a lot of people on social media, to be honest. Um, but Cry Pretty was a good album. Uh, I listened to the whole album front to finish one time. Now, this is coming from, I listened to it one time Friday night. I haven't listened to any of those songs since. Um, first listen, solid, solid 9 out of 10. It was a fabulous album. Carrie Underwood continues to kill the game over and over and over, not just because her vocals are good, but because her music just keeps getting better. Like, I know they say that things get better with age, and, you know, the more you do something, the better you are at it, but, like, Carrie Underwood is, like, music is her craft, and she just uses that as her instrument to just oh God, she's just perfect all right i think it would be super super dope if carrie underwood and kelly clarkson like did a power duet together like that would just be insane that'd be really cool and i would i would just love to see that if, if either of them are listening to my podcast little old me in missouri if any of you two either of you two are listening to this hey hook up and and see what you can do in the studio because that would be super cool and I would so listen to that because Kelly Clarkson is my number one celebrity crush and they both have amazing vocals so I would just love to see them together if you want to add a little bit more southern twang get Dolly Parton in on the mix that would be super cool all right have like a, a empowered women's vocal thing I have a whole list of empowered like really really good female vocalists I would just love to see collaborate and if you need that list, hit me up. You can find me on my podcast every week. I give up my social media. Tweet me, send me a DM. I will give you that list, and, and you can make some magic happen. And I'm not talking just normal magic. I'm talking the kind of magic that sells billions because people want to hear their favorite artists collaborate. And Carrie Underwood is just phenomenal. And she could collaborate with so many people and get away with it. And her final song... Uh, the Champion, which was recently released as a single, which was going to be on this album, she paired up with Ludacris and did a song. So Ludacris and Carrie Underwood teaming up means that anybody could team up with her. Like, I never think, I never thought in my wildest dreams that Ludacris would do a song with Carrie Underwood. But here we are, 2018, the world is magical, and we're seeing things that we didn't think we would see. I love that song, by the way. Fabulous, fabulous track. Let's go ahead and talk about... Um, the Tori Kelly album. Now I've listened to the first half and I'm not sure if Tori Kelly is a secular artist or a Christian artist because I only knew about her because she was featured in a Lecrae song and it was super powerful and super good. And then I know she was on like the, uh, like nationwide is on your side, all state commercials or whatever they're called. Maybe I'm completely screwing that up. I don't know. But she did some advertisements on TV for an insurance company. And uh, I never really looked into her music. I just knew her as an artist who was on a Lecrae song with a great set of vocals. Um, her album is, is basically a, a Christian album. Literally flat out. So I need to listen to the second half of the album. I fell asleep last night in my bed <laughs> trying to listen to it, <laughs> which, which didn't even work out. Because I just completely fell asleep. And I, I just woke up at like 2.30 in the morning and I was like, oh crap, I need to plug my phone in so it doesn't die while I'm sleeping. Because, you know, that can happen. And uh, I just rolled over, went back to bed, woke up at like 
nine o'clock, and I was like, what's, what the, what's, 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 but the uh, point is, the first half of her album, solid. I'm not going to rank it. I don't want to rank anything until I finish it, all right? And I don't want to say that I'm going to give it any kind of ranking until I finish the full album so I can give it a full listen, a full perspective. Carrie Underwood, I want to listen to it a second time um, to like really see if that 9 out of 10 was you know, earned, which Carrie Underwood earns a 9 out of 10 easily, but I still want to listen to it more than once because it was a good album either way, and it's worth another listen. Um, I will be re-listening again to kind of move forward with this uh, segue uh, I want to re-listen to Kamikaze, uh, the new Eminem album I mentioned, because I don't think I gave Eminem enough credit. All right? He is a great artist, okay? Don't get me wrong. And maybe he doesn't have the kind of music, he's not pr- producing the type of music that I particularly listen to on the daily, but that doesn't mean it's a bad album. Um, I want to watch the Eminem Sway interview coming up. Like, it's out on YouTube. I think it's a four-part interview. Um, so it's like, I don't know, an hour. And then, um, I listened to Kill Shot, the new track where Eminem responded to Machine Gun Kelly when he released a track kind of straight up replying to Eminem's small little disses on his Kamikaze album. And you know what? I'll say this much, and I might eat my words from last week by saying this, but I like rap. I love hip hop. I love all that stuff. Okay. I'm not particular if it's secular or if it's Christian, okay? Yes, I listen to more Christian rap. Yes, I listen to more Christian hip-hop. But that doesn't mean I don't like secular rap or hip-hop, all right? I do have a small bias towards more religious rap. But that's just because I would rather listen to a song promoting greatness or whatnot, what have you, even, you know, God being great and struggling in the world then i would listen to somebody promoting going up in the club and getting it you know what i'm saying like if i want to go up in the club and get it sure i guess that music's going to be playing and i'm a jive to it but i'm not a club guy so why would i listen to club music okay and and i know i'm gonna get a lot of crap for this all right i had there are a lot of really 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 loyal eminem fans and they're like, what the, how could you be saying that you don't even like his album? How did he give it a 2.5, you know, on your rate? Look, I think I gave him a 2.5 prematurely because when I listened to his response to Machine Gun Kelly, that Kill Shot single, that by itself was a solid six. All right? Like, that was really good. All right? I really did enjoy that. I think it's funny he called his beard weird. I think it's funny about the man bun comment he said. I think it's funny uh, that he just straight up dissed him, all right, and that Machine Gun Kelly dissed him first, and that he was like, I would rather be 80-year-old me than 20-year-old you. And I'm just like, look, okay, some of the lyrics just popped at me, and it wasn't as coded, it wasn't as layered, it wasn't as hard to understand with how fast he's rapping. And some people love that about Eminem, that he raps fast, that he has those, like, layers and, like, he's small disses that come out. Like, you have to re-listen to it to really understand what he said. Look, okay, I'm very simple. I'm a very simple man. You can call me, you know, basic if you want. But just say what you want to say and stop layering it because you're, you're a lyrical genius, as they say. All right? My rap, when, I, when Fat Love hits the, the mic, he doesn't layer anything too deeply that you can't decode by knowing the lyrics, you know? I mean, could I do that? Sure. Would that take more effort? Sure. And Eminem put in the work to make a really good album. But there are plenty of rappers out there who make really good music, just like Eminem. But they don't make the lyrics so complicated. Does that mean that I am more basic and I just don't appreciate it for what it is? To some people, probably. And you know what? You have your opinion. I respect you for your opinion. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about that and why you feel that way. Because, you know, the fact that we're all human, that we all have different preferences, let's discuss that. Let's talk about it. I'd love to have you on my podcast. Hit me up. Shoot me a DM. All right? Let's discuss this. I would love to have this conversation. But, like, 
I really need to watch this Eminem Sway interview because he explains a lot about the Kamikaze album and why he made it and the motivations behind it and the responses to it and the responses to why he made that album in the first place based on his last album, based on Revival. But, and it's just really, really interesting to me to watch this kind of unfold. And normally, I don't get into this kind of stuff, but of course my podcast is about gaming and entertainment news. And as far as entertainment news goes, that includes music, and I'm very passionate about music. Um, so this intrigues me. This I want to know everything and all things about this Kamikaze album, about Eminem, the whole debacle around it, the whole everything. It's wonderful to me to see that. It is free publicity, okay? Think about it. Machine Gun Kelly disses Eminem after Eminem small disses him on his album, and then Eminem responds with a full track straight up to diss Machine Gun Kelly, and it was fire, all right? It was good. I'm not going to lie. Both of them did a fabulous job. No matter what, after this point, who anybody thinks won, they're both going to get more out of this. More money, more sales, more listens, more tickets sold, etc. All right, more merch because they're just eating this up. People love drama. People love diss raps. And, and me personally, I think diss raps are really dope. All right, I think rap battles are really cool. I think that if I was better at freestyling, I would probably partake in rap battles and have a good time with it because I just think that it's just good fun. All right? Now, I don't know if Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem are going to, like, duke it out. Like, they really hate each other. Or if this is all just for, you know, in good fun. Um, but it sounds to me like the track from what they're saying about each other that they just don't like each other. And that's why they're doing this. And, like, they're not friends. So it's whatever. All right, but I do need to. I will say this: I will probably watch the Eminem Sway interview this week. I'll re-listen to Kamikaze. I'll re-listen to Killshot. I'll re-listen to the, the one that Michigan Kelly released, which I forget the name of that one, but I will re-listen to that one. And I'll come back next week with all that information, and I'll let you know what I think, what I thought, give it kind of a, a, a breakdown, and uh, that'd be really fun to do that. Uh, but with that being said. That's pretty much all the review stuff I have for this episode. So we're going to transition here to a new segment, and we're going to talk a little bit about Black Ops 4, the beta, Battlefield 5, the beta, and my thoughts after playing both. Real quickly, I'd like to throw out there that I said last week I would do a review of the two new operators on Rainbow Six Siege, Clash, and Maverick. However, I have yet to play that because Spider-Man's been keeping my attention, and uh, I had a feeling that would happen. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that when I do play those two new characters, you will see a review on my podcast. I'll talk about them, how they play, how they are. I'll hop in some online matches um, when I platinum Spider-Man. I have beat the campaign, um, and I'm going to talk about that uh, in the segment coming up and discuss more about that. But I just want to let you know why I haven't um, mentioned anything about the two new operators in Rainbow Six Siege. I have not forgotten about them. I love Rainbow Six Siege. But speaking of Rainbow Six Siege, we're going to talk about Black Ops 4, that beta, and we're going to talk about Battlefield 5, the beta, and uh, my opinions and thoughts after playing both. Let's go ahead and start with Black Ops 4, all right? So I played the open beta um, at the start of, what, August? And then September was Blackout. All right, I said my piece about the the multiplayer, how it reminded me of Rainbow Six, how it was kind of stealing from Rainbow Six and making Call of Duty Rainbow Six, which is kind of, I don't know, I don't like it. It's not as tactical. Uh, they're using the Call of Duty formula with specialists, and I just, I just don't think that works with the way that they're doing it. They needed to have, if they're going to do a Rainbow Six specialist thing, they have to do something where the environment is way more interactable than it is okay i wanted i'm talking about sledge's hammer on an operator or something that can bust through walls something that can send in a drone something that can be way more tactical and, and not as fast paced instead what they did was added specialists one person can use a specialist per match and they increased how the, the, the movement and the speed it's just the last couple of call of duties minus world war ii have been very, very fast-paced. All right? And that's fine and dandy, whatever. This one just feels excessive when it comes to the movement speed. I don't like how fast it moves. I don't like the way the guns work as much. I do love Treyarch more than I love um, 
the Sledgehammer and Raven as far as the gunplay goes because the guns feel better with Treyarch, so don't get me wrong when I say that. What I mean by that is the guns, they feel good in your hands, but the damage output is just different. And I don't like how the damage output goes for some weapons versus others. And it feels a little unbalanced still. Now, get, mind you, it was a beta I played. I'm hoping they're going to fix some of that stuff in the full version. But yeah, it didn't leave me feeling very satisfied with wanting to buy it. So I was waiting to play the Blackout mode. And boy, howdy, did I get something to play. I woke up one morning and I thought to myself, let's play it for about half an hour before I go to work. First time playing it. I put this video on my YouTube. Go ahead and check it out at Alpha Phenomenon Gaming if you want to look it up. Um, it was good. All right. I did three solo matches and I think two or three duos. Died almost, eh, not instantly, but within, I want to say the first four minutes of each match. That being said, I didn't have too much fun with it because I'm terrible at Battle Royale. Hop into a duos match. Guy I play with has a mic. I'm like, hell yeah. So I, I, I swap over from game chat or from party chat to game chat. And I'm like, what up? Uh, it's me, your boy Alpha. How you doing? Let's just win this. We did not win this. We didn't win any of our games together. However, I added him as a friend on my PlayStation network. So shout out to you, Preacher Man. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a good time, okay? I had more fun playing duos, and I feel like this game mode is going to be more fun with friends than it is solo. But, I don't know, I could be wrong. I'm not big into Battle Royale as a whole, so maybe Fortnite's fun. Solo and duos and quads and all that stuff, and Battle Royale is just more fun however you prefer to play it, right? But as far as my personal experience, it, it wasn't that great. It wasn't the kind of game that I want to sink hours into. I was really, really excited for this. And I was let down. Now, I really wish they would do a Zombies beta. I'd eat that up. I love Zombies. And if I could play the Zombies mode, man, that would just be icing on the cake. I played their multiplayer. I played their Blackout. Let me play your Zombies mode for like a week. Maybe like four days. Give me like 24 hours to try it out, you know? But they're not going to do that. Moving on. Oh, wait, real quick. I do want to say, from playing the multiplayer and the, the blackout mode, an all-around raking out of 10. Shoot, I'm doing this on the spot. Uh, I'd give it like a, five, a four. Four or five. I can't even give it a solid answer. It, it was decent, okay? It was good, not great. All right, that's a 7 on, on the IGN scale, but I'm not giving it a 7. Um, let's move on to Battlefield Five. I loved Battlefield Five actually. It was a lot of fun. I had a good time. I, played, I, had, I squad up with about three of my friends. We had a good time. I kept responding in where I wanted to, when I wanted to, use the weapons. They were fun. The maps were great. It was a good time. And then when my friends left and I was playing solo, it got less fun. The more I died, the more my team didn't want to revive me. The more my team didn't want to revive me, the longer I had to take to respawn because when you, when you die and you fall down, you have to call out for help. And that takes you about, and if you don't get revived, it takes you about 20 seconds to get back into the game. And I'm like, you know how long 20 seconds is in a, in a, in a match? Like, come on. These matches may last like 40 upwards of whatever minutes, but that's that's a little ridiculous. I just I just didn't enjoy myself that much after I was playing it solo. So I was playing Battlefield 5. I played it one day for about two hours, and I had a good time with it until I was playing solo. And I hopped off, and uh, I liked it better than Black Ops 4. I told myself, okay, I'll buy Battlefield 5. But I won't buy Black Ops 4. I don't want it now at this point. And then I believe it was a few days later that Ubisoft released a video announcing their season pass details for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You get two 
story expansions that are three parts that come out, I believe, like six weeks apart from each other or something like that. No, I think it's two weeks apart and six weeks between the two expansions. And then you get Assassin's Creed 3 remastered. The whole game. And then my brother mentioned that you get Rogue, the PS Vita game remastered as well as part of the season pass that wasn't in the video. And then you have like every week between the release of the story expansion stuff, you get like daily or weekly missions and quests and stuff to go on for exclusive loot and gear that'll keep you wanting to play and whatnot. And I'm like, yo, I've always been a big Assassin's Creed fan, but I was going to pass on Odyssey so I could buy Battlefield 5 or Black Ops 4. Well, now I look at that and I'm thinking to myself, well, why would I buy a shooter this year when I already have like every other Call of Duty and every other Battlefield when I could just get Assassin's Creed? Because I have every other Assassin's Creed pretty much as well. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll just get the gold version of Assassin's Creed and, and say, screw any shooters this year, 2018, right? I'm going to get Fallout 76. I'm going to get Red Dead 2. Those are my two guaranteed. I'm buying those alongside Spider-Man. Of course, couldn't resist it. And uh, I didn't really want to spend too much more money in 2018 because, you know, I work a 40-hour job. I have bills to pay. I got responsibilities. And I can't just be blowing my money on games. Um, I got to be a little bit more responsible with my money, especially while I have the luxury to not have rent money, you know, um, to not need rent money, rather. And uh, so that being said, I was thinking to myself, and I'm like, I'm, I'm at a crossroads now. Because even to this day, right now, live at this, on the recording of this podcast, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, I just, I just, I want Assassin's Creed Odyssey more now than I want Battlefield Five or Black Ops 4. So I've already made up my mind. If that's the case, I'm just not going to buy Battlefield Five or Black Ops 4. I'm not going to buy them. I know for a fact Battlefield 5 will go on sale at some point. So EA and DICE and whatever, they they do sales to Ubisoft all the time. I'll do that. I bought Rainbow Six on sale uh, after release. And man, that game was a day one buy, but I didn't even think about it at the time because I was busy into other stuff. Like I think Black Ops 3 came out that year or something along those lines. It was a, some other big shooter came out that I was distracted with. But uh, I digress. I really just want to have more money in my pocket. If anybody wants to donate money to me, please, please do so. If you got too much money and your your pockets are overflowing, well, mine are not. <laughs> mine are, are are not overflowing because I could definitely use the help. I'll add it to my Christmas list, and you can you can do me a solid. Um, I'm gonna move forward to the next segment because I feel like Black Ops Four and Battlefield Five already took too much of the. The podcast this week, I did enjoy both betas. I'm kind of happy they're over now, though, so I can move forward. And I'm more confident now. The reason why I think games need to release betas is because of how I'm feeling right now. The advertisement for the game hyped it up way more than it needed to be. And after playing it, I I know now how I feel about the game. And I just don't want it. So now that instead of them like stealing my money, they are not getting any of my money. I want them to earn my money. I want them to give me a beta, hype it up. I play the beta. I'm so into it. And then I buy their game because I know with confidence that I'm ready for this game to come out. Right? Now, I can understand why Spider-Man didn't have a beta. It's a single-player story, and they would just give away too much. But that game was easily hyped up way, way bigger than I I thought it would be. But it lived up to that hype. Single-player games are dying, ladies and gentlemen. And they need to keep growing instead of dying. What is it with this every game has multiplayer? Stop it. Stop it. Why does Assassin's Creed Black Flag have multiplayer? You know how hard that Platinum is to get because of the multiplayer trophies? You know how hard it is already to get an Assassin's Creed Platinum with all the damn collectibles you have to get? Like, come on. That's ridiculous. 
And then you have to go and throw in a multiplayer that's not even necessary. Once more, I digress. Let's go ahead and move forward into the next segment. I'd love to talk about the Nintendo Direct that happened. Let's go ahead and dive headfirst into that. So if you are listening on the Anchor app, you just heard a fabulous Black Ops zombie song called Beauty of Annihilation. And it's it's a little heavier, but it's so good. And I hope you enjoyed that. Um, let's go ahead and move forward talk about the Nintendo Direct. Um, it was kind of a weird transition song, but I wanted to play it because it shows that I love, love, love Call of Duty. And I really enjoy shooters in general. Um, but the studio's make really good music as well. So you got to factor in the fact that the studio puts in all this work to make a great game for the fans, and uh, Black Ops has always done a fabulous job. It's just Black Ops 4 doesn't mesh with me. So I wanted to put that song in there to kind of show that the zombies has never wavered from less than perfect. I've always loved Treyarch Zombies, and I've always loved the music they put for it. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you really had a good time listening to that because I would have turned the music up jammed. Like, turn this podcast up in the car. If you're at a stoplight, people be like, yo, what are you listening to? Yo, it's Fat Love Talk. It's a weekly podcast out on the Anchor app or any device you can listen to podcasts on. And they'd be like, yo, let me look that up. And you'd be like, you need an aux cable, bro? Nah, I got my aux cable. I'm a plug in. Cool. Green light. They disperse. Okay. <laughs> Let's move forward and talk about the Nintendo Direct, okay? We had so much. I'm going to only hit the highlights just because of time restraint. They started off with an announcement for Luigi's Mansion 3 coming in 2019. And yes, you can play with the homie if you have a player too or your girlfriend or whomever. It all makes sense now. Everybody got salty, myself included. Why are you remastering Luigi's Mansion for 3DS? Why? I'm mad. I'm angry. Where's my pitchfork? I'm going to riot. I wanted Luigi's Mansion remastered on the Switch. Well, we have our answer. Luigi's Mansion and Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon are both available on Nintendo Switch. You don't need to play them to get Luigi's Mansion 3 from what I understand. That being said, if you own a 3DS and you want to get hyped for Luigi's Mansion 3, go pick up Luigi's Mansion and Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. I don't believe Luigi's Mansion is out yet on 3DS. I would have to look that up. But it makes sense now as to why they're putting it on a different platform than the Switch. Because they want their new game, Luigi's Mansion 3, to come out on the Switch. Now, from my understanding, I didn't play Luigi's Mansion, but it's like a five-hour story. So it's not too long, so you can probably get right through it. That being said, I digress. They talked about... Actually, okay, hold on. Just for a second, I want to mention that anybody who says that Luigi's Mansion shouldn't be on 3DS and they see Luigi's Mansion 3 coming to Switch and they're upset about that, they need to understand that Nintendo has to put in so much extra work to port a game to Switch instead of 3DS. And with a five-hour game like Luigi's Mansion, it would have taken a much, much longer process to get it on a Switch for such a short game. So I wanted to, I just wanted to clarify that remasters are worth the play. All right, I say that because the next game we're going to talk about is Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, coming in, I believe, 2019 as well. This is a, a an upgraded version of Kirby's Epic Yarn that came out on the Wii. I believe it was the Wii. It might have been the Wii U. But... It's it's not a sequel, as far as I remember. It's just a remastered version with more features they've added to it um, coming to 3DS. If you want to talk about new games coming to 3DS, we'll get to that. New games coming to Switch, we'll get to that. But I wanted to mention Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn because Kirby games are fun. Kirby Yarn games are super easy and fun, both. So I would recommend picking this one up for $40, I'm assuming, um, when it comes out next year. Other games that are being remastered. Okay. This next game is my number one most hyped game coming to Switch in the future. Forget Smash Brothers. Forget 
whatever else game you're excited about Pokemon coming in 2019, Pokemon Let's Go coming in November, no. They're remastering and re-releasing new Super Mario Bros. U. Deluxe. Why Deluxe? Because they're remastering it for the Switch. This will be the first side-scrolling Mario game on the Switch, and they picked one hell of a great game to put on the Switch. Not only do you get new Super Mario Bros. U, you get new Super Luigi U. And this is the Wii U title. Now, a lot of people skipped out on the Wii U. They, they made a mistake doing that because so many good games came out on the, the Wii U. In Rayman Legends, I'm just going to say it, bias opinion, the best version of that game is on the Wii U. Why? Because the touchpad, because Murphy, because I played it with my friends, because we had a blast, and it was it's just a definitive way to play Rayman Legends. You have an Xbox, a PlayStation, or a Switch, any other platform you played Rayman Legends on, you had a great time, fun, oh, great and dandy! <gasps> the Wii U is the definitive version of that, and I, I'm, I just got to say it. Um, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is going to be probably a game I will play front to finish again. It was so good the first time. I didn't buy the DLC for Luigi U. It's all bundled in this version. Uh, absolutely, heck to the yes, I'm going to buy this. Absolutely, heck to the yes, I'm going to ask my friends to be my player 2, 3, 4. Absolutely, yes, I'm going to try to beat this game 100%. Now, there was a confusion whether it came out in November of 2019 or January of 2019. And even to this day, I'm confused about that. I think it, it was confirmed for January, but if it get if it's November, that's fine. I'm just really excited that I'm going to get a side-scrolling Mario game so soon after Mario Odyssey. And I really love the side-scrolling Marios because they're challenging, they're tough, they're fun, they're exciting, the graphics are great, the animation is great. Like, I love all of it, but I love all of it. I love all of it, and I'm excited. That on top of Mario Party actually going back to its roots with Super Mario Party and making you travel separately, adding new minigames, adding new exciting things to do and modes and characters to play as. I'm just, I'm thrilled with Nintendo right now. Moving on, we have Yoshi's Crafted World coming in 2019. Now, what's so exciting about Yoshi and his woolly, his, his crafted world? I'll tell you what's exciting. The fact that you can play all the levels in their cute little animation, like Yoshi World style, with a yarn kind of cardboard aesthetic, but you can now play levels left to right, and then at the end of the level, it flips, and you can play from the ending of the game level to the beginning of the game level. Like, that's twice the playability right there. Not to mention there are other challenges and modes and things you can do and levels, and it's just insane how creative, how fun Nintendo makes their games it, it, it just always blows my mind. Like, you think Nintendo can't do anything new? Lies. They will always have new ideas, always be innovating, always be doing, like, something unexpected. Do we seriously think Diablo 3 would ever get announced officially on the Switch? No. But here it is, announced, confirmed, coming out in November. All right? That's exciting. All right? It comes out the first day of BlizzCon, which is exciting, Okay. Moving forward, we're going to talk about how, like, Pokemon Go has announced some new stuff, okay? They now have hidden techniques. Now, I like how in Pokemon, um, the most recent iteration of Pokemon on the 3DS, um, the whole, uh, Alolan, Alolan Pokemon, you had these ride Pokemon that did your abilities. You didn't have to learn HMs and teach your Pokemon all these things and have, like, a, a sixth Pokemon in your party that just knows all of them. That's nice, because the ride Pokemon system, I really enjoyed it. With this new one, you now have a thing called Hidden Techniques, where you don't have to have a Pokemon in your party, but you can teach them a hidden technique, like Cut, or Chop, or, I guess, Waterfall, or Swim, or whatever. And you can just do the move. It makes it way easier, way more seamless, way more fun, I mean, if you have more than six Pokemon, I'm assuming the kid has them in his backpack, okay? That backpack is already like Dora's backpack. It has way too much stuff in it for what the size looks like, okay? It's a Magic Mary Poppins backpack, if you ask me, okay? There's just an endless supply of things in there. 
potions and, and pokeballs and, and items and, and rope. Like, how does escape rope even work in a Pokemon game? You do a spinny animation and a rope comes up and down and you're, what, you're out of the cave all of a sudden? Nah, I call hijinks. You just teleported, all right? Something, you're like friends with an Abra and they just cadabbered you out of there, all right? I, I have a, a theory that escape rope is really just an Abra poofing you out of there. Uh, I digress, all right? Pokemon Go is going to be fun. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get my EV version and I'm going to, like, pet his head and, like, give him a funky hairstyle and be like, you the bomb, I'm going to love my Eevee, and I don't know if your Eevee can evolve, but it's cute either way, and I'm cool with that. The last thing I want to mention from the Nintendo Direct is the Animal Crossing announcement, all right? We open with Isabel, the mayor. Um, I didn't play New Leaf, so I don't, I don't know. I need to go back and play that. I've played the mobile game, though, so I know who Isabel is. She's just chilling, talking to herself, or maybe she's breaking the, you know, fourth wall and talking to us. Point is, she gets a letter from a pelican, who's, I guess, the mailman, and uh, she's like, hold up a minute. They want me in Smash? And then there's a transition, and now she's in Smash Bros. And I'm like... Is she her own fighter? Is she an echo fighter of the other Animal Crossing fighter? Like, how does this work? I'm a little lackluster on the announcement because I didn't really want an Animal Crossing fighter. If I'm being completely frank, I wanted, like, Dark Souls or Rayman or something more far-fetched that would have gotten a bigger reaction. That being said, they went to Tom Nook. Who I guess is just like really depressed guy because the memes I've been seeing are just depressing. So I'm assuming he's just depressed all the time or tired or something. But they announced a new Animal Crossing game coming to Switch in 2019. And let me tell you what, the internet, as far as I saw, lost its shit. Like they went nuts. All right. They were like, yes, yes. They were just cheering and, and screaming and having a, a, I don't know, a good time, I guess. Uh, do I need to play an Animal Crossing game to fully understand why people love this franchise so much? Um, from my understanding, you just, like, collect fruit and bugs and run this town and do tasks. And I'm like, if, if I wanted to do that, I would just go outside and do that in real life. I don't know, maybe it's more fun than that. I'll have to actually play New Leaf and experience it. But, I mean, I'll play the Animal Crossing game for Switch. I'm excited. It has to be a full-fledged game, right? Not the mobile version, which, in the words of Brian Altano, was like a kid's meal compared to the, the full version. So maybe I do not know anything, and I just made a fool of myself by saying those things about Animal Crossing. I digress. I think that the best announcement from this was New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. I got hyped for that. Like, legitimately hyped. Other than that, the things I wanted to see but did not... The big thing I wanted to see more of was the new Fire Emblem game coming to Switch. Big Fire Emblem fan, always, always going to want to know more about the game until it releases. And I didn't get anything. A little upset about that, but that's okay. Metroid Prime 4. Are we getting a Metroid Prime collection? Or are we not? What's the development doing right now with Metroid Prime 4? And if they're far enough into Metroid Prime 4, and that's why they announced Animal Crossing, has Animal Crossing been in the works since Metroid Prime 4 got announced at E3 last year? Or is it a more recent one? And if that's the case, is that why all we got was Metroid Prime 4's logo and Animal Crossing's logo, just to say, hey, we're making this game, give us like three more years to talk more about it? Because they said Animal Crossing 2019. That means they've been working on it for equally as long a time as Metroid Prime 4. They have to have been. So does that mean that next year we're going to get more on Metroid Prime 4 in 2019? I think the simple answer is yes. That's my theory. That's my prediction. You heard it here first. I figure we're going to have our next Nintendo Direct in spring. So I figure look for a Direct in March. April, maybe. But we're definitely going to have a direct one of those two months. Mark my words. 
And in those directs will be something about Animal Crossing, something about Metroid Prime. Now, there is a running theory that we'll hear radio silence about both of those titles till E3. And you know what? That's actually very plausible. In fact, it kind of is so plausible enough to where I might think that maybe I'm wrong about my March-April direct, but they're going to do a direct either way. And it'd be foolish not to hype up E3 by showing something. Will there be a full reveal at E3? I think yes. But I don't think they're going to do nothing beforehand. They're going to hype it up. They're going to give us like a, a cutscene or a, a little bitty, bitty, baby snippet. Like a title. It's just called Animal Crossing 2019. Like Animal Crossing New Leaf was a 3DS title. So if what if it's Animal Crossing... Orange peaches. <laughs> That's so stupid. Look, it's the first thing I thought of, okay? They're going to have a, a clever title for it. Better than what I can think of, obviously. But it's going to be exciting. Mark my words. We're not going to see anything until March or April. It's going to hype up E3. And then next year, I'm hoping to either go to E3 or be off work to watch all of it. Because I love... Love, 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 love when E3 comes around, when Gamescom comes around, when all these like conventions come around. We're actually coming up on when December happens. There's going to be a PSX conference. I'm hoping to see more Ghosts of Tsushima, more Last of Us 2, and more Death Stranding. Spider-Man's already come out. They hyped it up real good at E3, and, and the game was well, well worth the wait. All right? But... We still need to see more about Death Stranding, Last of Us 2, and Ghost of Tsushima. All right? PSX is coming up in December. I'm hoping we see more. I'll keep you guys uh, covered with the updates and the news. Just keep sticking it back. Tune your dial to Fat Love Talk every Sunday. You know, it'll be live, usually by like 3 o'clock Central Time. If it's not, then I'll tweet about why not. So follow me there, at the Paper Penguin. There, from there, we're going to go ahead and transition, talk about Spider-Man, and then we're going to transition into my ramble for the day, for the podcast, for the episode. Peter Parker, you know that name. You've seen that face. You understand that that is the name of Spider-Man, okay? Spider-Man, a PS4 game created by Insomniac Studios, backed by Marvel. Came out September 7th, and here it is, a week and just a few days over, and I've beat the campaign. I'm well on my way to platinuming this title. A lot of crimes happening in the city that I've just not prevented yet, so I need to do a lot of crime. A lot of crime to tackle down. Thug crimes, demon crimes, prisoner crimes, sable crimes. Five in each district, sometimes. If it's extreme, definitely sometimes. What do I do? What do I have to do? I have to play the game. But I digress. I want to talk about the Spider-Man campaign. The campaign in itself, I'm just going to say this right now, 9.5 out of 10. 9.5 out of 10, no game deserves a perfect rating. No game. Well, this one damn near came close. It is the single best game I've played in 2018. Game of the year. I'm calling it right now. Red Dead 2 comes out next month in October. As does Black Ops 4. Battlefield got pushed. <sighs> Fallout 76 comes out in November. That's when Battlefield 5 got pushed. December, we have Smash Bros. coming for the Nintendo Switch. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. A lot of great games coming out this year. And we're starting 2019 out with a banger. We've got Kingdom Hearts 3, Days Gone, The Walking Dead. Probably missing some. I don't even know when Just Cause 4 comes out. That's coming out sometime soon. This is insane, guys. To make such a blanket statement that Spider-Man, 9.5 out of 10, Game of the Year, 
calling it now. <sighs> Am I going to eat those words? Stay tuned on Fat Love Talk. You'll find out. I will be doing a review of Red Dead 2. I will be doing a review of Fallout 76. <sighs> Spider-Man's campaign, if you're a comic book fan, will blow your mind. You're already going to know stuff, but it's still going to be fun as crap to watch happen on screen. Were the boss fights a little underwhelming? No. They were fun. They were exciting. I enjoyed myself. But to some, you know, they seem generic. The point of a of a story based game is is not to make it challenging to but to make it engaging. And that is exactly what has happened here. They took Spider-Man and gave them gave the fans a very very engaging and fun story. Fun fact, guys. Fun fact. I watched a 10 Things You Probably Didn't Know About Spider-Man from uh, Game Ranks. It's a YouTube channel I follow. Game Ranks with an X. They are awesome. They post daily videos. I, I mad love their channel on YouTube. Check it out. And they were talking about how Marvel actually approached Insomniac. And... Uh, Gave them their option of which superhero they wanted to make a video game based out of, based off of. And they picked Spider-Man out of every single Marvel property they could have chosen. Now, pause for a minute and think about that. Every single Marvel superhero. You can make a game, 2018, it's going to be badass no matter what. As long as you do it right. They picked Spider-Man. They didn't pick Doctor Strange, The Hulk, Captain America, Black Widow, Nick Fury even. They didn't pick Iron Man. They didn't pick any of the like one-off Marvel characters, like the Fantastic Four even. They didn't pick any of those people. Green Lantern is DC. They can't pick them. <laughs> I just went into something stupid there. It, it fell flat. Okay. The point is, they picked Spider-Man. And in my humble opinion, it was fabulous. I would love to see what they would have done with a different property. But we are going to get a sequel for Spider-Man. The way it ended the campaign, the way the campaign ended, there's no doubt in my mind... Miles will not come back, Yuri will not come back, MJ will not come back, Spider-Man will not come back. No, they're going to all come back and come back with an even more evolved story. But, we have three DLCs coming out for Spider-Man that I am so excited about. The first one adds three new suits. Three! Some gadgets... I don't know how much story, but Black Cat shows up. Yo, Felicia, what good, my girl? What good? We'll see what happens there when that happens. 9.5, I give Spider-Man. 9.5 out of 10. And, and I digress. I, 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 I have to move on. I have to move on. But the one thing I do want to talk about is my YouTube channel, Alpha Phenomenon Gaming, when I've been live streaming every single episode of Spider-Man that I've played has been chock full of side quests, main quests, goodies in between, dialogue. And you can find it all online. But... A debacle happened this last week. The homie Caleb hit me up. What up? Shout out to the homie Caleb. He was like, bruh, I wanted to see your reaction to an uh, insert specific story related incident. I won't spoil it for you guys. Please go play the game. And uh, he wanted to see my reaction. And I was like, well, that's why I put it online. 
so you can get my real-time reaction to all this stuff happening. I want to play the game, beat the game before any spoilers come out. And I have my true 100% reaction to all of it. <sighs> Problem? Some of those videos were gone. I had to do some research. I was at work. I think it was a Thursday. Might have been a win. No, I think it was a Thursday or a Friday. <sighs> I go online. I log into my YouTube. Thank goodness it's not blocked at my work. And, uh... <clears throat> I've been hit with a copyright strike because, let me break it down for you. I spent $80, bought the deluxe version of Spider-Man, pre-ordered it. I paid for their game. I streamed their game, giving them free publicity, free, you know, this is the game. Go buy it, it's awesome. But because the music that they chose to put in their game played in my live stream... They accused me of stealing their music and took down my videos. It's not like there's an option to just turn off their music. And even if there was an option to turn off their music, it takes away from the experience. It takes away from the gameplay. I really, like, honestly don't understand why they did that. Like, I sent a dispute. And I was like, look, I don't know why you are shooting me down with a copyright strike. I don't know why you are saying that I'm stealing your music when I'm just playing the game, showing it as it was created. And then I think a day, maybe two days later, I find out the videos are back online. And I don't have a computer to check my response, so I'll log on to my YouTube when I go back to work Monday, and I'll see if they responded back with a reason why my videos are now back able to watch. So go watch them if you want to watch them, because I guess they were like, my bad. Of course you're not stealing. We never accused you of it. You did when you copyright stroked me. But YouTube is really cracking down on the stupidest things like their algorithms all messed up the the process is all messed up and it's discouraging for somebody like myself who has about 60 subscribers on my youtube channel i can't afford to get an elgato a new laptop a new computer of any kind proper podcast equipment i can't afford half of the things i want or need to actually make something quality on YouTube, but I get struck down because I can live stream it and because it's live streamed and I can't edit stuff, I'm at fault. It, it kind of pushes me away from wanting to even progress. And I was talking to the homie Tyler, shout out to the homie Tyler. Dude is amazing. Um, and he was like, that's just the way YouTube is. You know, we don't get copyright strikes when we play Rocket League, when we play Dead by Daylight, when we play Minecraft. But because it's a newer game, it's a brand new game, it's getting more attention. And I thought to myself, you're right. You're right. So what I'm going to do from here on out is I'm just not going to live stream any new games that come out. Oh, but they're new games. Everybody's talking about them. Why wouldn't I? For that exact reason. The copyright strikes. The crap. If there's music in a game, no. I'll live stream Red Dead. No, I'll live stream Fallout. But there's not going to be any music. In those games. As far as I know. That will give me copyright strikes. Spider-Man's theme song. Obviously well recognizable. I guess that's a good enough reason. Maybe uh, Fallout might play some music in-game, like you could on Fallout 4 with your Pip-Boy, um, and that might get me a copyright strike. I don't know. But I've been playing Fallout 4, and I haven't... I was going to stream it, I was going to play it, and show people my progression, but I was afraid of the copyright strikes coming my way. So, YouTube, if you're listening... If you even care.
You need you need to fix something. All right, gamers play games that have music in them, okay? We're not stealing that music. We're just showing the game as it was created or as it was intended to be played. And then I've watched many of my favorite YouTubers talk about this in like their separate like videos or vlog channels, etc. And it's frustrating when if imagine if I had put in like a full like nine hours of editing, like two hours of content, chopping it down to like twenty, thirty, forty maybe minutes. Imagine. And then that thirty, forty minute video, copyright strike. I have thousands of subs. They've already watched. I'm not getting paid now for that content. Because in the time it took to dispute that, well, there goes all my revenue. This is why I have a day job. You know, I work at 9 to 5, okay? Actually, it's later than that. It's like a 40-hour job, though. And uh, I'm going to always have one, probably, because of the crap that I have to deal with with YouTube copyright striking me, with not having the proper equipment. When I do have the proper equipment, if I start building up subscribers, if I start making quality content, fun content, exciting content, things people want to see, and this stuff happens to me, it's just, it's just going to be so discouraging. So discouraging. And I feel for any YouTubers who have to experience that, who live off of YouTube and have to experience that, there was a time when, uh, I know I follow a guy named Prestige was Key. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He's a Call of Duty YouTuber, and he makes really good videos. He's played some Fallout, um, some, um, not Fallout, uh, Far Cry, and he's shown some other stuff. He gets sponsored by other companies and stuff, too. But uh, he was a time in his life where he was getting so much you know, copyright strike on his video. Like So many of those were getting copyright struck and, and taken down. that He was just not making any money. He was at a point where he almost had to quit YouTube. He almost had to quit YouTube. And I'm just like, man, he's one of my favorite YouTubers. And if he had to quit YouTube or go part-time to work an actual... like, I would have just been like, wow, that's insane. It, it, it's real, guys. It's real. But I digress. I'll keep posting, I'll keep live streaming, and I will eventually get a desktop computer, an Elgato, a green screen, I'll get a camera for my PlayStation, I'll start doing a lot more, I'm not going to give up. But I'm also not going to give up my 9 to 5. Ever. Ever. So, you get your content on the weekends, after work, that's about it. Sometimes I'll do something in the morning before I go to work, but I like my sleep and I stay up late. <laughs> that being said, I love that I have weekends off at my job. I'm blessed to have weekends off at my job. Gives me the chance to really see my friends, do things I want to do, play games I want to play, experience life to its fullest, in my opinion. And uh, that won't stop, even with YouTube being the way it is with copyright. And... Uh, the claims that I'm stealing their music and games that I have no way of stealing. Again, I digress. And uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next segment, which is the closing ceremonies. And that is going to conclude another episode of Fat Love Talk. Man, we had to go through so much this week. Nintendo Direct, Spider-Man Review, Jack Ryan Review, Carrie Underwood Review, Tori Kelly Partial Review. All kinds of stuff came out this week. And I couldn't even get through the Eminem stuff because we're already at an hour into this podcast. And it is insane that I even managed to <laughs> fit it all in. Uh, big show this week. Very, very excited for next week, for the months to come, with all the games coming out, all the news coming out, all the exciting rambles and rants and stuff I'm going to be doing segments on. Very, very excited about that. I uh, hope you enjoy um, the rest of your week. You can find me, of course, on Twitter, 
at the paper penguin. Make sure you check out the Spider-Man screenshots I've been posting. They're really, really cool, and I'm really enjoying myself with this game. Still doing a cleanup right now. I'll give you the full 100% completion review, hopefully next week, and then I will be giving you that MM interview uh, update. I'll be giving you a review of the a full review after re-listening to Kamikaze, re-listening to Killshot, re-listening to the MK uh, the Machine Gun Kelly response that prompted Killshot. Very excited for the next week to come. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to leave you at it. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure you share this podcast with all your homies, all your relatives, even the people you don't like. Just shoot them this podcast, Fat Love Talk, on all major platforms. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, etc. There's about nine or ten platforms you can find me on right now. And the word is out there, so... Go ahead and spread the love. And uh, lastly, I want to say that my YouTube, of course, Alpha Phenomenon Gaming, my Snapchat, Fat Love, P-H-A-T-L-O-V-E. Make sure you definitely follow my Snapchat for daily little tidbits of fun and entertainment. I post while I'm at work. I post while I'm chilling with the homies. I post all kinds of stuff, and it's awesome. And uh, I will see you guys in the next one. Mad love. Thank you so much for listening every week, and I will see you again on the next episode of Fat Love Talk.